uh, I'm lucky I can I can like open my computer and, and scroll Facebook. You should be scrolling the GeorgiaVirtue.com. What the hell are you doing? You're listening to Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Welcome to episode 170 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my podcast partner in crime, writer, journalist, published author, Jessica Salagi. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. How was last your week? Time, last week you complained because I, I used buenos dias at night, even though people listen in the morning. So That's the beautiful thing about a podcast. You can listen to us anytime you want. It's always the right time to listen. Well, some people start us in the morning on morning drive and finish finish us on the uh, drive home. They must live in Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta, you could listen to one show on the way in, <laughs> one show on the way out. True. If, if it was all Metro Atlanta, we have to do two shows a week just to cover one day. <laughs> uh, how was your week? Ah, I got a new grandnephew, Baby Carter. It was eight pounds, 13 ounces, and 21 and a half inches. That's a big baby. That is a pretty big baby. They they run big in our family. I was almost 11 pounds. They run big. We do. Not a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a little girl. I mean, she's she's small. You mean the My, the my niece. Yeah, my niece. But yeah, we got the got the news the night before we recorded. Uh, about ten o'clock, about nine o'clock, I heard there were that the doctor said it was time to push, and then ten o'clock, uh, we had baby Carter. So. Uh, Pretty good news. Pretty good news in my family. How was your week? It was fine. Um, we've had beautiful weather down here. I guess you could say I like it warm. I hate the cold. I hate winter. I'm very happy about the heat. I love being tan. I'm a better human being when I'm tan. So I'm just excited. Like <laughs> I'm just happier from May to August. Yeah. Well, for me, tanned fat looks better than white fat. Yeah. If you can't tan, if you can't tone it, tan it. Absolutely. We may have said that on the show last year this time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so we have former head of the Pentagon's infamous UFO program has claimed the U.S. government is in possession of, quote, exotic material, end quote, from mysterious vehicles. That might have been your worst segue ever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go from beautiful weather? Yeah. To UFOs. Oh. Yeah. From, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do you- do you believe in UFOs? Do I believe we're the only life in the galaxy? Of course not. <clears throat> it's just, yeah. yeah. But do I necessarily believe in you? Y- yes, I believe there are UFOs. I don't necessarily think they're extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. Uh, a I, lot of things I think are experimental aircraft, uh, and maybe from from other countries that decide to see if they can fly over us without seeing them. Yeah, I was convinced. I saw one actually last night driving home night before we were recording, obviously, from a Brooklyn City Council meeting. But I had forgotten my glasses and um, had to wear my sunglasses, their prescription. Had to wear them driving home at 9.30 at night. It was not actually a UFO. It was just a cell tower with some new lights on top of it. But it looked like it was moving because it was so dark with my sunglasses on at night. I wear my sunglasses at night. So I, so I can see. Mm-hmm. I know you don't get the reference. No, I know the song, you fool. I just, you didn't do a very good job singing it. 
I don't do a very good job of singing anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I won't sing, given the proper amount of social lubricant. Uh-huh. Uh, but okay. a, a lot of the things that we think were UFOs were just technology very early for its time. The Aurora program was the stealth bomber. So when people saw flying Vs in the skies, it's, it's a, a something they'd never seen before. And now, if you see a, we see stealth bombers flying over, you know, ball games and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that they're extraterrestrial. I don't. I think in the galaxy, in the Milky Way, we are absolutely the trailer park. Really? <laughs> yeah. Look, if if you were sitting on another planet and you watched. Our TV, would you come visit? No, absolutely not. But I've been advocating for quite some time to send the people here that are making it a trailer park somewhere else. So We'd have to have a, a, a rocket ship big enough to put the entire membership of Congress in it. Well, why do you think they know what's going on here, but we don't know what's going on there? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. It's too much X-Files. Well, this guy. Yeah, he said there's physical evidence of the existence of USO, UFOs and called on the U.S. government to be more transparent about it. I mean, the U.S. government could be more transparent about everything. <clears throat> they could, but they wouldn't be the government if they were. Sure. But um, <sighs> I, I don't... I, I, th- I think they're certainly in possession of some secrets. I, d- I don't know what the end game would be to hiding the existence of, of E.T. The, <clears throat> the process necessary to hide something of that size and magnitude for as long as, as it's been. We're talking about Roswell in the 40s. The, the, the conspiracy necessary to create some men in black scenario would be enormous, and you'd have to have security leaks somewhere. I mean, well, hell, we can't we can't keep domestic spying under under wraps. Sorry, Jess. No, no, no. <clears throat> I was just gonna say it's similar to like the conspiracy theories. Oftentimes, government's just not good enough to pull it off. Um, and then you consider like the change in administrations and the change in turnover, or I guess the turnover at different agencies, like. Somebody would say something somewhere. I mean, you're also like assuming that nobody ever goes home and tells their spouse or their significant other what happened at work with regard to this stuff. Like never, ever, ever. And that's kind of that's a hard sell for me like that. Nothing got out. Oh, look, there was there were things going on at the Groom Lake facility. There, There were things. There's all sorts of stuff that that's there was going on out there, and and it and it is sacred. Do I think it's little green men? Ah, man, that's that's a that's a tough sell for me. Is he like saying said, it's little green men? <clears throat> not necessarily. I In mean, fact, the it, most his term is pretty broad. It is, and and most people who who are into that idea are offended by the term little green men because it's it's considered to be an insulting term. To UFOologists, which I think is an offensive term to any ologist. Mm-hmm. Well, there was one guy who said that they, they, I guess the green men, um, swarmed a naval vessel. 
Like they they live they go underwater. Okay. <laughs> you know, then then you're talking about every sailor on that ship, from the guy scrubbing barnacles off of the off of the rudder to the captain would experience this and all shut up. Right. And he said that there were 25, he wrote, he came across 20, this, the gentleman who was on Tucker and, and that's in the article that we're referencing that he came across 25 reports for 25 different UFO sightings from U.S. Navy ships. 25. So I guess, I guess, I mean, I guess the argument is that the people cleaning barnacles and stuff, they did make a report. They just didn't report to the media. Right. 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 That, that it was sent up through proper chance. And again, every every report gets handled several times before it gets where it's going. And every everyone along that chain has got an aid. And none of this is getting leaked out. That we're hearing whispers that over the last 70 years, we've got 25 instances that that something strange has happened. <clears throat> I think it's more plausible that there was a. Uh, an adversary who decided to try out uh, something new. Well, and then, you know, you can love him or hate him or think he's a traitor or not, but Edward Snowden kind of set the bar high when it comes to whistleblowers and and things like that. Like, this guy's just saying that he saw the reports and he saw this and he read that. Like, Edward Snowden had it all on a USB drive that he, you know, smuggled out in a Rubik's Cube and had taken over a period of time so that he could prove it. He could prove everything. We're kind of living in that day and age where it's expected that and there's another story that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, it's expected that when you're going to come out with something like that, you want to be earth shattering that you've got to have, you want to see the receipts. Right. Absolutely. Look for years, we've heard whispers <clears throat> that one person writing a book will get some death Bed confession out of somebody who was in Roswell in, uh, uh, in 1950 who says that he came across uh, alien bodies. But whenever, whenever, and then we hear the people talking talking about, and I'm so ineloquent this morning, talk, talking about, okay, well, we've got this evidence. And it's some grainy video. It's like trying to find Bigfoot. There's some grainy video somewhere. <clears throat> When I'm talking about technology advances, no one ever thought that you would use a telephone to control a drone. That, that, you know. I didn't know anybody still called it a telephone. Well, I mean, I, I, I meant to use, I was trying to use 1940s vernacular. Right. That you would use a phone to control a, a personal helicopter that can do all these crazy moves and take pictures and do all this stuff just, just from a telephone. No, no sure. one thought that possible at the time. So the 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 idea that secret research is going on all over the globe that that these these countries are pumping something out that's experimental that may not lead directly to a to a weapon, but they're trying out experimental stuff. That to me is much more plausible than the idea that ET is going to land and want to phone home to use it again. <clears throat> So I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it doesn't exist because I, I don't I won't say anything emphatically doesn't exist because you can't prove a negative. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. I'll say the more likely explanations are people, even astronauts and fighter pilots that see stuff they can't explain. It's not necessarily extraterrestrial. It could be something that that's being that's an experiment that's happening. Now, the, you know, the U two was highly secretive. The the pilots, the first pilots on the U two weren't even trained on the airplane. They were tr- they were trained in, in sort of a simulator, but because the plane was so secret that even the pilots that were were about to t- take off in it weren't shown what it was until the last minute. Before they figured out who was going to wash out of the program, they washed everybody else out, and then they brought out this 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 crazy spy plane that could fly at 80,000 feet. But at the at the time, that would have been science fiction. Um, when was the last time you watched E.T.? Oh, God, I don't know if I... I, I watched don't, the whole thing? You've never watched the whole thing? Uh, in the 80s? So I watched it a couple years ago. Um, gosh, well, probably now five or six years ago because it was right before I moved down here. But um, with the girls that I nannied for in in grad school, we we watched it one holiday break. And my kids are not going to watch that movie. So at the end of the movie, they totally like they could have said told the feds not to come in because they didn't have a warrant. <laughs> well, it was Spielberg, right? Yeah. Uh, and they just I, totally sure. destroyed their house and every like it, it, the whole but, thing but, was like government surveillance, like pro. Yeah, come in and save us from alien. Like screw that. I'll they can watch it up to the last twenty minutes and it will end cheerfully and without the federal government teaching children that you know by indoctrination that you should just bend over when they knock at your door. Well, you got to realize who Spielberg Spielberg is. Uh, most of the villains in his movies are are stormtroopers. That you know that that's something that that kind of you see in his art that the stormtroopers are the bad guys. So this idea that that you're hiding this this refugee away and then you're carting him off to get back to his family and and so it's a it's a it's a escape story and a parable of of running away from an oppressive government that wants to throw you in a lab and do experiments on you. So when when you look at it from the the aspect of of where his art eventually went when he had the had the the weight to do it. <clears throat> You can see that's that's what has really influenced his art. Yeah. <laughs> so, in that vein, Space Force Commander fired after comments he made on a conservative podcast. Not ours. <laughs> no, no, but but uh, the Light Bird certainly is welcome to come on. So this Lieutenant Colonel has been refer- removed from his command after appearing on a conservative podcast criticizing the United States military. Uh, L- Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer joined the Steve Gruber show to discuss his new book, Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military, which alleges that Marxist ideas are becoming widespread within the armed forces. He expounded on those concerns in the podcast. <clears throat> Uh, I mean, to say that he was canned for criticizing the military is a, is a little bit of a stretch, in my opinion. 
he was relieved of his command, uh, pending investigation. It's he not wrote like a he, book. Yeah, it's not like he just said the the U.S. military does some bad things sometimes. Well, I don't disagree with him with, with no. a lot of the stuff that he's talking about. But here's the thing. And you know this when you're in the military. <clears throat> you don't do media without getting it cleared. You don't write a book without getting it cleared. Uh, when I, I don't care if you're a, a reservist or acting. This guy, in this case, is active duty. I don't know if they have reserves. I don't know if you can go to space on the weekends and be a reserve uh, space force guy. Uh, so you have a code of conduct. There are things you can't put on your Facebook page when you're a member of the military. That's just the way it is. And if you already know they're on a witch hunt, I mean, you kind of put, you kind of made yourself into a lightning rod on this one. Yeah, I mean, he had to know what he was doing. And if that was his, if he was that, his, that's his hill to die on, then, I mean, more power to you. But, like, you can, you're going to get the support of people who agree with you, but they're not going to say you should get your job back. They're going to say, well, hopefully you can find something that's a little bit more suitable for what you want to do. Well, and this guy's a really good looking guy. Obviously he's well-spoken and he's pretty well written. This may be his, you know what? I'll retire, let me out and walk right into the media mm-hmm. and have a, sh- have a show on Fox news. So I'll take him. I, yeah, I, I hate to hate to be so, you know, jaded on stuff, but we see that kind of stuff out of people, Vernon Jones, who make themselves into a lightning rod, and then throw themselves on the sword, and then all of a sudden they start showing up in politics or in media uh, and and soaking up the attention. I'm not I'm not accusing uh, this guy of doing that. Just saying. He had you. You don't get the. You don't get to be a light cur, light bird like that without without knowing some of the regs. Without at some point having to talk to a soldier about what you put on Facebook. Fortunately, Facebook wasn't a thing last time I was really in the military. Uh, but what you put out, what you say, we were given briefings of of what to do when the press comes, which is you know a lot of times for us was you know no comment, no thank you, turn around and walk away. Because uh, nothing good comes from being being uh, in the military and being on TV, unless that's your job. Because no matter what yeah. you say, half people are going to disagree with you. You could say everything's perfect, then all your soldiers are pissed at you because you didn't discuss the problems, or you could discuss the problems and the command's pissed at you because you exposed stuff that should have been handled internally. There, there is no winning when you do stuff like this. Unless you get out and then write write a tell all book, which I, I, I he he did kind of backwards here. Well, guess but, who's defending him? Who's that? Matt Getz. Yeah, yeah. I would be like, no, thank you, please, please don't, please don't. He said he's going to seek action on the Armed Services Committee, and that the demotion is clearly retaliatory. Well, of course it's retaliatory, but I don't. I don't want help from Matt Getz. I, I don't want help from Marjorie Green if if I become a lightning rod for something. Like, don't, I don't help. Well, I don't want. I don't want help from Congress. Like he he made all these decisions willingly, 
And he, he wrote a book. It's not like it's not like he was making some appearance or said something at a graduation that where he was speaking in his, you know, official capacity. Like he, he took his f- official capacity beyond um, what his day to day role and duty is and now is suffering from the consequences of that. Well, and again, I don't know what was cleared by whom. And it may come back that he went to the public affairs office and said, look, this is the book I want to write. Here it is. Review it. And they said, go ahead. I doubt it. Well, we're also talking about two different administrations, too. I mean, we're only five months in. That's true. That's true. Books don't turn out that fast. Right. Just ask ask Stanley. Well, Stanley was pretty quick, but I mean, (laughs) look how eloquent he is. So, And he had help. Uh. But I don't. I don't know if. It, and you're right. It could have been cleared by the by the PAO with the Trump administration. They they, they he could have floated that out there, and they said it's great. I'm going to do some media appearances to to support it. They go great. Go go forth, Colonel. And then he gets he, the administration changes, and then there's a fallout for from it. But if he's got if he's got in writing where he ran it through the PAO. He'll he'll either be reinstated or he'll get he'll get some sweetheart assignment to, to make him go away. But that's my opinion, and this is a good time to remind you that all of these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which may, we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. ICE to close two troubled detention centers in Georgia and Massachusetts. Both facilities are facing allegations of abusive treatment of, of immigrant detainees. I think we actually talked about the one in Georgia last fall um, or late last. It was right before the election. The Irwin County Detention Center in Asilla, where the doctor was accused of performing invasive surgeries on women in, in particular. And then non or medically unnecessary hysterectomies. Um but oh my god that's 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 right out of the margaret sanger uh joseph mangala uh cookbooks uh, that's a, that's right out of the eugenics uh cookbook it is but if you recall like when the stories came out it was right before it wasn't right before the election but it was it was pretty close i want to say september in october and i remember when we talked about it it, all the conversation was just like the whistleblower, the whistleblower, the whistleblower. And and of course, all of the media outlets picked it up and just said a source said this happened or sources from inside said this was happening. And and the Trump administration or the DOJ said that they, you know, along with the inspect, Office of Inspector General would investigate. But we didn't really hear much more about it. And I think I said at the time that, you know, if it was true, it's absolutely horrific. I mean... There's nothing worse that you can do to a female who is young. And I mean, I, I just it, it's disgusting. If it, And I said if it was happening and it's just awful. But if it's not, then, you know, I'm not like I, we just need some concrete proof. Well, apparently and this was I, I scoured the Internet after I saw this story last week. There was um, a federal lawsuit filed and a formal investigation was opened and they've, they stopped directing people to the Massachusetts facility and the Irwin County one. And so I guess their, their population numbers were starting to decline like well before the Biden administration did their whole immigration reform policy, whatever you want to call what they're doing right now. But there was more action and more information came out, but we never really heard it. 
and 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 it's it's it seems that it's true and they've assigned names to the people to the women that are claiming that these things happen to them and there's all kinds of organizations behind it like um the UGA's School of Law, like their First Amendment Center, um, Columbia Law School, Texas A&M, Harvard, um, the National Lawyers Guild, Project South. There's six pro bono legal clinics from those law schools I was talking about. And then the U.S. District in this, uh, or the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern or the Middle District of Georgia. But I say all that to say that these claims were founded and I'm disappointed with the media and with the entities that reported on it initially because it's while the sort like I understand that the sources couldn't be named initially or they didn't want to because apparently they did face retaliation like we shouldn't be in the habit of just accepting sources that are unnamed and then you know eight months later when the, the facility gets shut down they're like oh yeah by the way those were all true like th- this should have been an ongoing thing that was reported on instead of the the nonsense of the election and everything that and in and, and COVID that we've been hearing about for the last eight months, this is far more horrific and literally in our own backyard for us. And this is kind of the first we're hearing about the fact that there's a lawsuit pending against all these officials and the private entity that runs it, which is LaSalle Corrections. <clears throat> Again, private prison. Yeah. Well, I mean, and private prisons were on their way out. It was something that the Obama administration did right. And Trump, who was a major recipient of um, donations from private prison companies, undid that as soon as he got in there with old Jeff Sessions. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but I just, I'm just disappointed because, you know, it, it's, I think it's reasonable that people were like, well, I, I need more information before I, like, if this did happen, it's absolutely horrific, but I need more information or I need to see something more concrete because they're strong at their, their harsh allegations. And, and to say that something like that just happened in our facilities that whether it privately run or publicly run, we're still responsible for. We, yeah. we, you you need to be able to back that up, but then you come back and back it up, and nobody reports on it. That's 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 lazy, and that's it pisses me off. And I don't. I, COVID dominated the news cycle, and I think the side effect of the the COVID effect is burying what would have been would have been news that we were so obsessed with. Yeah, you throw that in with an election cycle, and it's just a perfect storm of, of bearing important stories. It's one of the things I said before Dick Donovan, our, our district attorney out here, was in, was officially indicted, was nobody's happier about COVID than Dick Donovan. I'm pretty sure I wrote the story about Dick Donovan like the week that everything started changing with COVID, and it went from crazy traction to Who? Right. I mean, there were there were movements to start pushing for impeachment, mm-hmm. uh, and then COVID happened and it went away. The same thing with with Trey Kelly. Yeah, I know. There's in both those cases starting to get some traction on them now, but as far as the the public outrage, it's greatly dissipated because we're twelve months later, 12, 14 months later, that it's the our attention spans aren't that long anyway. And then you have you have that happen. You have something that that 
consumed every ounce of media was if you watch an hour long show, it was 59 minutes of COVID, including the commercials were, were about damn COVID. Mm-hmm. You couldn't watch a television show without you seeing the characters put on masks and take off masks, which has got to be awful for an actor that, that makes his living off his looks. Uh, so we were totally consumed with, with this, with this, with this thing, whether you were watching fiction, the only thing you could do is watch old television shows or watch Tiger King or something where it was filmed long before it if you wanted to detach from it. And people were just so over it that there just was no attention span for, for holding the news. And I, I, don't, I know news organizations exist to make money. And I, and it could have been that, that everything was everything stopped for a period of time. I don't know. I don't know. I would think that this is something that, because they say, if it bleeds, it leads. And I would think this, that something this egregious should have led somewhere. This is, this is one of the most disgusting stories. And right now, the headline that's leading is that ICE is closing troubled detention centers. Again, I don't care if it's one woman or 50. There it is. Dis- I don't and I don't care. I don't care what the woman has done. I don't care if she's here illegally or not. There is no excuse for performing a medically unnecessary hysterectomy on a female in our custody. And the fact that the story now is that, oh, we're just going to close these facilities because, you know, because on the left, the conversation is, well, um, we don't like private prisons and we're doing immigration reform and we're, we're changing how we're handling all this. And on the right, it's like tough on crime. You know, they they shouldn't be here. And how could they do th- like the, the conversation is that somebody in the custody of the United States government is changed forever physically and nobody gives a shit. Well, and here's the thing is most of these women, or I say most, a good portion of these women were abused getting here. We hear horrific stories about uh, how the cartels and the coyotes uh, treat children and women and, and abuse them on, on their way here. And then to f- get here and think, I'm finally safe, and then have Dr. Mahendra Amin uh, start doing non-consensual, unnecessary, and invasive gynecological procedures is how it is worded in the article. And unnecessary, non-consensual, and invasive. Those three words, you don't want to, I don't want to hear that about a procedure taking out a hangnail on my little toe. You're talking about the most intimate thing possible and, and that, what a, I mean, what a just awful person. And, and, and look, I'd love to hear her explanation, but this, this reminds me of, of Dr. What was his name? Nissan. That was at Michigan state. That was, uh, telling parents he was doing uh, exercises with their girl's pelvic floor this, that he worked for uh, USA Gymnastics and the mm-hmm. uh, university, uh, not University of Michigan, Michigan State University. Uh, and this was going on for years. So some of these girls complained like, look, this guy's not wearing gloves. This is not, this, this is not medically necessary, but because he had doctrine from his name, people went with it. The parents went with it. They were so, Worried about their daughters becoming champions and 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 all that, they ignored the the what was actually going on. So this well, is- I don't I don't care what the penalties are. I don't care what the 
what kind of impacts there there are anywhere. There should not be a single facility in this country that is still under the contract and supervision of LaSalle Corrections because it happened on their watch. And you can't tell me that, especially when it has to do with an immigration facility where they're not, they do a lot of stuff on site and they are not transporting people you know, like they have the medical facilities there. You can't tell me that they weren't aware that women were being transported ar- around and and recovering for weeks at a time. And they didn't know like this happened on their watch. And, and we should not have a single facility that has LaSalle attached to it. And yet here we are. We're just like, oh, we're going to close these two because they're troubled. No, they dropped the ball completely women's lives are ruined they're getting sued the federal government's getting sued everyone in charge is getting sued and you're just going to continue operations as normal everywhere else because you haven't heard that it's happening anywhere else right obviously the corporate culture allows it that it is this was not this is something that they this person this doctor uh, dr amin thought i don't know if mahendra i assume is female uh, if if she was if she was doing things necessarily, I, I don't I don't know what they thought, what autonomy they gave her. But you're right. This this company should not be operating any detention centers anywhere. You can't even take your own antidepressants into when you if you check into a federal prison because you've been sentenced, you can't even take your own medicine. And if you you're on a medication, they are. Um, they they scrutinize what you're on for cost and and evaluate whether or not you should stay on that one or if you should be put on another medicine and i don't understand how that is like we do that kind of thing but this kind of thing goes unnoticed i mm. well and this doctor has 46 years in experience well part of it is the immigrants at the at these facilities are scared. And look, I'm not I'm not saying we sh- we shouldn't guard our border, but I'm saying the immigrants in these facilities are already scared. They don't necessarily understand what's happening. Obviously, the women understand what's happening medically, but they don't understand what the what the process is. They don't understand how long they're going to be there. At least when you go to prison, you know, hey, this is a lifetime. This is five to ten, whatever it is. When you go into prison, you know you know what to expect. But I, I, when when you come from uh, someone who's already been abused, somebody who obviously left their homeland because the conditions were awful, and then they get thrown in, thrown in here, and they have no idea how long, they have no idea when the hearing's going to happen. They have no idea what the what that result of the hearing will be. They don't know if they're going to be thrown back, thrown back into their country, or if they're going to be let in, or if they're going to sit there indefinitely. They have they have no idea. So there, so there's I think there's a great there has to be a, a good amount of fear that prohibits them from wanting to make waves. Like these are the people who are in charge of you, and these people that that you are subject to to their very whim. So it had to be really difficult for these women to even speak out at all. Just as a point of clarification, and it doesn't change the egregiousness, but I think it's a little bit more interesting. Uh, the doctor is a male. Yeah. So it, that, uh, yeah, it doesn't change anything, whether it was a, a sick woman or sick man. But uh, for some reason, A on the end of it, I, I guess I speak too much Spanish that it made me think of a female name. But obviously, I mean, it's not a it's not a Spanish name. <laughs> but um, you know, we, we, we got that news out of out of 
Georgia last week that a prison guard just pleaded guilty to abusing a uh, an inmate. And this yeah. is this is in state prison and the took a handcuffed inmate and then beat him unconscious with with uh, uh, handcuffs wrapped around his hand as as sort of brass knuckles mm-hmm. and and beat him unconscious. It was retaliation because I guess that inmate had done something to another guard earlier. Um, and so he, uh, like he, they took him outside and, uh, taught him a lesson, I suppose. And then, um, that same, the one that pleaded guilty. So two others pleaded guilty earlier. Um, or I guess maybe late last year at this point, I, I don't recall, but, um, there were three people involved and they were actually, they were charged and then the case was transferred to the feds. And the other two, the guy that just pled guilty last week, I think his name's Ryan Sharp. Um, he was the supervisor of the other two. And on another occasion, he directed them to do the same thing to another inmate um, from another incident. And, and they took him outside of, you know, outside of the confines of the normal inmate area at Valdosta State Prison. And Valdosta State Prison is an interesting prison anyway because when when they're not really doing it as much right now because the optics were so bad. But, I mean, there are more deaths at that prison than any other prison in the state. And they're the ones that supposedly, I mean, they they, they had all kinds of riots and it's, it's out of control down there. And so I'm not surprised that the guards kind of have that like old school we'll handle it our way mentality and i i I get the inclination to protect to protect the female guard i get the inclination to to take somebody out and beat the crap out of them not not leave them handcuffed and beat them but i understand if if you know if we're in a bar and and somebody accosts connie i'm gonna take him out and beat the snot out of him I get it, but that's that's not that's not their job. They're not punishers. That that's just not their job. And you know, it, 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 going back to the other story, you know, one of one of the things that brought retaliation that, that's going into the lawsuit is several women spoke about their fear of contracting COVID nineteen in a video uploaded to YouTube April last year, and then they had retaliation by the uh, ICDC officials for doing so. So apparently, there's a yeah by complex. putting them in solitary for an extended period of time. Right, there's there's a there's some sort of complex that that must go on, and and we see this with 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 all sorts of prison stories. You know, going back twenty years to the the National Guard troops that were creating naked pyramids and stuff like that. There's there's a there's a mentality that that goes I think that goes along with being a jailer that is very. It's there's a dehumanizing that happens when these when these folks look at the inmates. And I, it's got to be a horrible job. I don't want that job. I wouldn't want that job if it paid well. It's a wh- horrible job. You've got people who want to do nothing but kill you, and and you're bound by regulations. It's an awful job. It is an awful job, and I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I I don't. I mean, I would. I just wouldn't. But your only responsibility is to keep them alive inside. I mean, it's why I have like so little uh, patience for when there's an escape or when they release the wrong inmate in in error and then charge them with escape and stuff like that. Like all you have to do is keep them inside 
make sure they get their food and make sure they don't kill each other or you or themselves. That's all you have to do. Right. And, and, and preserves certain rights they have. So in keeping with the crime theme, in Hall and Dawson counties, if you are sentenced to community service in the court system, you can have your service hours cut in half if you get the COVID-19 vaccine. The story, I, I, I wrote about it on my Facebook page because I, it really makes me mad. <laughs> like, I think it's the dumbest thing I've heard of COVID-related vaccine. Like, I, they're trying to incentivize people to get the vaccine. We get it. Their, their vaccine rate's 29% in Hall County. Georgia's is 37. National average is 47. Hall County wants to raise their vaccine rate. I get it. Um, but there are like 55 million things wrong with this. Well, you know, Hall County's low vax rate may be because they have a very large number of transient workers because they are heavily dependent on poultry farms and poultry workers. And so you have a, a you may have a large segment of the population that's not going to stand in line and wait for the government to give them a jab in the arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just giving a little background on Hall County. Uh, years and years and years ago, I was a business banker in, in Gainesville and got to know the the poultry industry pretty well. Well, I mean, I'm not uh, sure what people would expect from a county that gave us Casey Cagle, who lost in 157 of 159 Georgia counties. And not really good at tying his shoes. His own, including his own. Um, <laughs> but they still gave him us when we still had to deal with him for, what, 20 years? But anyway, the the administrator up there said that when you, you know, community service, it takes time out of the work week. You need transportation to get there. You have to arrange for child care. Um, and this getting the COVID vaccine instead of doing your um, or, you know, in lieu of some of your hours, recognizes the commitment someone makes in agreeing to get the vaccine. And so the court would subsequently reduce your time. Good Lord, man. It, it, no, it's not a service to your community. If you feel the vaccine is right for you or it, it is a condition of what, whatever you want, like me, I'll end up getting it because I, I like to travel. Uh, that, that's, but that's a personal decision for me. To, to hold, essentially hold jail time, a sentence over your head saying, hey, listen, you know, if, you t- if you take the jab, we'll cut this in half. It, this is even worse than, than de Blasio giving away burgers and fries or the Braves giving away free tickets to, to come get the Johnson Johnson. You can show up a, a couple weeks ago, show up on game day, get the jab in the arm, and then get a free ticket to the game. It's way worse. Because it's a sentence for committing a crime or just admitting you committed a crime to move on with your life, whatever. I mean, we're talking and let's not forget that a lot of times with community service, we're talking about crimes where there isn't a victim. Um, so you're, you're talking about and, and we, we hear judges say all the time that, you know, picking up trash on the side of the road or washing cars or washing, you know, whatever it may be, painting curbs is to give people time to think about what they did. Now, do they do that? I'm not sure. But if that's the point of it, why are you cutting it down? <laughs> if, if the if the goal of community service is to sentence people and and make them have a punishment that consumes part of their time, why are you cutting down their time for doing something else? Well, and community service, going back to what they said about uh, taking time off from work, uh, trying to find childcare and all that stuff. 
this community service is a way to stay with your child. You get to come home. Mm-hmm. That your sentence is commuted to community service. We're not going to throw this, throw you in prison, but you are going to pay the people of our county, uh, a, you know, a penance. And that's going to be your time on the side of the road. That's going to be your time washing police cars. That's what, whatever it is. I've, I've seen community service people working at the Chamber of Commerce filing stuff for, for, uh, for people. I, 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 whatever that community service is, working in a battered women's shelter, doing whatever it is, at least you're, you're supposed to give you some sort of ownership of the community. And again, yeah, and give you something to think about and avoid, avoid jail time without getting the hammer from, from everybody else saying you're just letting criminals back on the street. And, yeah. and of course, to your point, you're talking about people that are typically nonviolent and don't have a victim. Yeah, which I mean it's not I, all the time. I, I I'm not you know I I'm not going to be an absolute right. Typically, but you're talking about typically. people who had a reckless driving charge or um you know petty theft as a as a high schooler. I mean, there's just there's lots of reasons that people have community service and. You're also not taking into account that someone might have already gotten the vaccine or they can't get the vaccine or they just don't want to. And someone else well, is being treated differently because they are willing to to do that. I, I think the the medical inability for sure is I've, I've, I won't say that a lot, but I've heard that from from a few people. There's something in the vaccine that he or she is allergic to. Uh, there are people who can't get the flu vaccine because of, I think, uh, allergy to eggs. So I think, I think the, mm, vac- yes, the, the yeah. virus is grown in eggs. So obviously, if you're allergic to something, you don't want to have it injected into your body. I mean, I'm not an allergist personally, but it would make sense to me that you don't inject what you're allergic to directly into your body. Correct. So, so you have somebody who has disparate treatment. Not to mention this is a, vi- a clear violation of HIPAA. Clear violation. I had the same. I had conversations with one of my neighbors. Like the uh, her her uh, her employer is telling them to get the vaccine, and if uh, if you don't want to wear a mask at work or blah, you need to show us that you get the vaccine. I'm like, well, that's that's a clear violation of HIPAA. Uh, when Connie had her back surgery, when I was speaking to her HR department because she, she was on a lot of pills, I said, well, this is what she had done. They stopped me. We don't want to hear what she had done. That's mm-hmm. all handled by a third party. It's not our business whether she had breast implants or, in this case, she had a lower lumbar fusion. It's 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 not our business. We don't want we we don't want to know what she had done. Uh, this was dealing with short term medical leave. We talked about a little bit before the show. It's a clear violation of HIPAA. So is this. If you if you want if you want to change your uniform, you need to you need to show me your medical records. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. And this would also would follow to a reasonable accommodation. If look, if, if you're in a wheelchair and they say you're gonna go on the side of the road and pick up trash, well, I can't really use my wheelchair on the side of the road. It's a reasonable accommodation to say, okay, you're not gonna pick up trash. We're gonna have you do community service over here filing a pay, a filing paperwork for the sheriff's department. Whatever it is, it's a reasonable accommodation. If you if you can't get the jab, it's a reasonable accommodation to say, okay, well, you know, we're not gonna require it from you. I mean, how long before that's a, that's going to be an actual sentence before they put you in prison? Is you're here by sentence to get the COVID nineteen uh, shot and sixty days in the slammer? Well, they are making people in prison get it, and I'm not saying that if people in prison don't want it, they shouldn't be able to get it. I mean, gosh, we're giving it out for free to everybody else, but um, 
I mean, free. I just put air quotes up as if you could see mm-hmm. it. Sure. Well, that's the problem with the podcast is they can't see that all the times I'm rolling my eyes or <laughs> scrunching my nose or whatever. But you'd have to be so much better behaved if we were on video. You think? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. They can see the disgusting face. Go. Ugh. I feel like I'd be able to say less. <laughs> When the words can't say it for me, my face says it all. So there's 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 a YouTube channel idea. Jessica's face reacts to the news. God. <laughs> so another week, another sheriff, another problem. Last week, we learned that the state attorney general's office requested the GBI open an investigation into Gwinnett County Sheriff Kibo Taylor on September 14th of last year. I know that people are sitting around and they're like, hold on, is the story that he did something wrong or that Chris Carr did something at all. <laughs> well, two things can be right at the same time. Mm-hmm. Unless the GBI botches it, but I'm done with my digs. Go on with the story. Four lawsuits, one federal, three state have been filed against Taylor by three Gwinnett County bail bond companies whose businesses were shut down. Yeah. So he's on video. And, and he says it's out of context, but he's on video saying, if folks don't support me, I'm not going to let them bond here. Um, and he said that during his campaign, supposedly, and he, he was still a candidate at the time. Um, but he, he so he's saying like it was misleading and out of context. But the companies that he said that to and the, even the one that he's on on camera saying it to he aren't allowed to bond there anymore. So it's kind of hard to make the argument that. He didn't mean it. Well, and of course, bond companies are operate at the pleasure of the sheriff, which is strange to me. Garbage. Strange. It's freaking nuts. No, yeah, well, yeah, I, I was trying to, to not add any more bleeps. Uh, you're going to take a single elected official and have him in charge of whether or not a private business stays in business without any accusation of wrongdoing, without any due process, I'm just, I'm just not going to sign off on your bond. Yeah. Victor uh, Hill proves your, uh, this message. Yeah. I mean, it's, that is, that is cronyism at, a, at its best. Well, or not worse, only did, whichever not one only you want to look he, at it. Well, right. But not only did he shut these down, the question I want to know more importantly is what is he getting from the companies that did support him? Right. And of course, he says that support, we talked about it last week, I think, support doesn't mean, he says support doesn't mean financially, but they support his policies or, or whatever. But the the bonding companies that made contributions are still in business. It's blackmail. It's, I mean, He said that they eliminated him because they didn't meet his high standards. Clearly. Yeah. 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 $2,500 high, or are we talking more? Well, $2,600 uh, is allowed now. 2600 per entity. Sure. Which means each, uh, yeah, if you have, you have two owners, and then, uh, and then the corporation itself, and then they can make donations in the names of their employees. Which they all do. Right. There's always ways to, to, to run up that tab. You know, hell, I think they can do donations in the name of their kids. 
which in the case of Matt Lowe, I mean, good Lord, he, he could he could donate a million dollars to a political ca- candidate. Right. So be sure to solicit, to solicit Matt for because uh, he loves handing out money to, to politicians. As soon as I get his email, I'll, I'll post it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm mean to Matt. That's probably would be the meanest thing I've ever done. He deserves it after telling everyone my email for complaints over and over and over. <laughs> but I don't see how the. I'm guessing that they will settle. The settle. problem is you can't settle a criminal case. Well, not a criminal case, but but the but the 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 lawsuits because the GBI is going to be like, yeah, uh, one charge of felony murder because that's their go-to charge. Yeah, for anything, right? Stub my toe, felony murder. I mean, it's 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 pay for play. It's blackmail. It's absolute blackmail. Is I will put you out of your business. I, I I put you out of business. Yeah, I'm going to make sure your kids can't eat, and that you have to go punch a clock for somebody else. And I'm going to put all your employees on the street if you don't make the proper contribution. Allegedly. I mean, what an absolute scumbag. I won't be going to Gwinnett County anytime soon. No. <laughs> I don't know if I could find a bondsman to get me out. <laughs> well, Jessica, do you have any closing thoughts on our heavily law enforcement episode? Yes, and Eric's going to need his bleeper for mine, but it's actually not my fault because um, I have to quote somebody. So this past week, um, there was a report that came out. I don't really know why it's just now coming out, but I appreciate it nevertheless. Apparently... During the presidential uh, primary debates last year, um, when Harris went after Biden after the show, I guess there was or after the show, after the debate, there was a call with supporters and and not necessarily like supporters like you and well, not you and I, but people like peasants like us, but like the actual team. And J- Jill Biden said on the call, so Harris had um, implied that Biden was racist. And so Jill said, with what he cares about, what he fights for, and what he's committed to, you get up and call him a racist without basis? Go f*** yourself. And um, it was on a call, supposedly, and and I appreciate the uh, colorful language, but I they obviously now have to like appear everywhere together. And I just want to reiterate, because of the show's title, that I was right once again about women because women are emotional like they went on the debate stage and if it was whether it was a legitimate claim or not Harris made a claim against her opponent Biden because she's supposed to make him look as terrible as possible and Biden's wife is meddling in the background just showing everybody why women are unfit for office and most of the time unfit to vote because they vote with their emotions not logic so Gave us John F. Kennedy. Gave us Clinton. Well, JFK was not a bad president. He just... And I don't think that was all, like... Emo, I think that was emotion, like... Like... Oh, he was young. Smitten, he was attractive. and kitten emotion, not, like, heartstrings emotion for causes. And, and, you know, the... The go F yourself, I kind of appreciate it. From from and of course Jill should have I'm sorry Doctor Jill should have <laughs> enough experience in politics to know you don't take it personally. But I know a lot of a lot of wives that really would not be thrilled 
and in fact, a lot of people stay out of politics for that reason, you know, because the the natural inclination for 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 any spouse is to to defend the other spouse, to stay, to stand up, stand up for your husband, stand up for your wife, you know, and and, and I'm I'm sure nobody likes to be called a racist. Well, of course not. And I'm, and I'm not going to accuse Joe Biden of, of being racist. He certainly hung out with a bunch of them. <laughs> but, you know, her, her I think that's, a, that's a, a, a hugely humanizing moment for her that I really don't, I don't mind. I, no, I, I, I don't mind it either. I just, the entire exchange and the fact that they're sitting up there being all fake and everything now and pretending like, you know, they're just charging for, like, that's just women and why women can't lead. Well, well yeah, I've said before, uh, men say the worst things about each other and we don't mean it. Women say the best things about each other. Y'all don't mean it either. So anyway, uh, I don't have much of a closing thought other than, again, congratulations to my niece, a beautiful baby boy. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. For Eric's, Eric Cumbie, our editor... For Jessica Solaji, I was about to make you into a Benefer together, <laughs> the the star of the show. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Bye.